0: Amen. I want to invite you this morning to take your Bibles and let's go together to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1. For the next few weeks we'll be here in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Christmas is indeed a joyful season. It's a fun time. We gather together, we exchange gifts, we Celebrate. Um, Friday night I had Christmas carolers at my house, and uh, we enjoy all the parties and all the festivities and all the fun that comes with the holidays. And it's always possible in the midst of the busy holidays, even if it's just for a short period of time, but it's always possible to forget sometimes why we celebrate this Christmas season, right? The Word of God teaches us that the universe began at a definite point in time, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God placed Adam and Eve on the earth and made them stewards over His creation. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed, Uh, they handed the stewardship of the earth over to Satan. And from that day until now, the world has been under the domain of Satan. And one of the things that we know today is that the business of the gospel is reestablishing God's rule and reign on the earth. And one of the reasons why we know that is because our God is still this very moment in the business of changing lives. Monday night at our college worship, McKenna Williams, a girl named Sarah, Rebecca, Dustin, Danica, Chase. Wednesday night, we celebrated Believer's Baptism. This morning, at our Eagle Point campus, four more are following the Lord in Believer's Baptism. Why? Because God is in the business. God determined Right? If the gospel story reminds us of anything during this holiday season, it is simply this. When the world fell into enemy hands, God determined to win it back at any cost. And so it is a reminder to us. As Dr. Timothy George once stated, there is a hunger in our souls that no plateful of turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie can fill. And there is a brokenness in our world that no cart full of Black Friday bargains can fix. In the Old Testament, God spoke through priests and prophets and kings. God called an entire nation to Himself to be a signpost for God's glory on the earth. But God ultimately would go to battle to win the world back from Satan. And Luke tells us that God entered the human race in the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us remember today, as we anticipate a continuing joyful season of Christmas, let us remember that which is of greatest significance today. That God chose a nobody from nowhere to bring His Son into the world. As was read for us earlier, six months after Gabriel had spoken to Zechariah, who is the father of John the Baptist, he comes to a nobody from a nothing town in the middle of nowhere on an assignment from God. One of the great early scholars of early Christianity, Joachim Jeremiah, tells us that in the day of Jesus, the average age of betrothal for young women was 12 years old, right? So we don't know how old Mary was, but it is highly probable that she was a very young girl, barely A teenager. And when Gabriel appears to Mary, she's probably growing up like all the other little girls in Nazareth, dreaming the same romantic dreams that I'm sure little girls still dream today. Dreams of marriage and dreams of home and dreams of family. When God sends Gabriel to Nazareth, a nobody. Mary is not living the city life, right? She doesn't own an iPhone. She doesn't have a flat screen TV. You're not going on social media and finding pictures of Mary and her family having traveled to Galilee because Disney World has opened the latest water park. You don't have any of those things. She is engaged to Joseph. She is about to be married. And according to this passage of Scripture, she is living clean and close to the Lord. She is worshiping God. The Lord is with her. In verse 29, it says Mary was deeply troubled. She tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel encouraged her, Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Mary, among all the women of Nazareth, had been singled out by God to bear the Son of God. What an incredible favor this was. But it begs the question, because we um, i I have the joy of on Friday mornings going to a Bible study with a group of men uh, from different churches around the community and and on Friday morning a um, wonderful Bible study based on mark lowry's song "Mary did you know," and uh, just really thinking about you know this this favored lady this this honor, this favor bestowed on Mary, but it begs the question, what is the greatest favor God bestowed on Mary? Because Mark Lowry addresses it in his song, right? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? And then here it is. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered would soon deliver you. The most important way God favored Mary is the exact same way God favors you and I today. Grace. Grace. You see, dear ones, the Bible nowhere teaches that Mary was sinless. She was not immaculately conceived, right? It is easy, for example, in a works righteousness system where we believe that salvation is up to us, it is easy to elevate the flesh even to a position like Mary is often elevated to today. Mary is described by some and believed by some to be the co-mediator with Jesus. Dear ones, unless God does something to remove Mary's sin, her wrath would remain on her just like everybody else. And that means God's favor on Mary was unmerited. Mary's calling as the mother of Jesus was great favor. It was a great blessing, but it was nowhere near the blessings paid by having her sins removed by the fruit of her very own womb. The most important way God dwelled with Mary is the same way that God dwells with you and me. It's Jesus Christ. So think about how incredible this was. These are words spoken by an angel to a virgin announcing a baby who one day would rule the world. And it comes out of the blue to a little teenage virgin girl in Nazareth in this tiny village in a remote corner of the Roman Empire. The angel says to her, Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and call his name Jesus and he'll be great and be called the Most High and the Lord God will give to him the throne of our father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Often the question is asked, where is history headed? 2,000 years ago, the Greek Philosopher Heraclitus answered the question this way. Listen to what he says. History is a child building a sandcastle by the sea. History, he says is a child building a sandcastle by the sea. He is saying that the story of man is simply an endless cycle of birth and death, of building and destroying, no clear beginning, no present purpose, no clear end. Well, the angel Gabriel is telling Mary where all of this is headed, The angel Gabriel is telling Mary where all history is going. And he makes it crystal clear that the kingdom of God is what history is all about. The kingdom of God is the goal of history. It is the goal toward which everything else is moving. It is the last chapter in a story that started in the Garden of Eden. Right, you will conceive and bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Listen, if Christmas means anything to us today, it means simply this God wins. In the end, right? And if you're a Christ follower, if you're a born-again child of Jesus Christ, that means that you win in the end. That's the story. At Bethlehem, a tiny baby named Jesus is born in a barn to a young couple. The world had no idea what God was up to, but we do. We can see it we can go back and look at what occurred and what is written to verify it. We can run the clock forward to the end of Jesus' life. right When Jesus is crucified and and it appears on the surface that Satan might win and the battle is over and God has been defeated uh, and yet Sunday comes and with it an empty tomb. And suddenly it becomes clear to everyone, even Satan, Jesus Christ is the victor. And that's why it's imperative in a broken world, in a season where the focus is on what we give and what we get. Dear ones, it is imperative in our world today that we as the body of Christ, that we as First Baptist Church, that every single one of us live our lives as an outpost of the kingdom of God, pointing people to the fact that better things are yet to come. We gathered Thursday night um, at K.O. Brown's. Right, they they do a service um, once a year at Christmas time for families that have lost loved ones over that year, and I was thinking all day Thursday that you know I'm not going to you know speak to them. I, I'm really going to speak as one of them. Right? I had just experienced my very first Thanksgiving in my entire life. Without my mom. I'm facing my very first Christmas without my mom. And it is a reminder because of the beauty of the gospel that better things are yet to come, that God is doing a work. And you and I get to be a part of it. Well, Mary said to the angel, "I don't get it. <laughs> right? How, how how can this be? Right? I, I'm I'm a virgin. I've I've never been with a man." I mean, Elizabeth and Zachariah, I get it. Yeah, she's old and yeah, they're barren, but you know what? They're married, and I know what happens in a marriage between a man and a woman. But me, on the other hand, Joseph and I have not tied the knot yet. He's asked me to marry him, and I said yes, but we haven't come to that day. I don't understand. How is this going to happen? How am I going to have a baby? I'm a virgin. Now let me just say this about the virgin birth and and maybe even just the miracles of the Bible. If you struggle with maybe some of the miracles of the Bible, if you struggle with the virgin birth, then get in line because so did Mary. You see, if, if we believe in an infinite God, if we really believe in an infinite God who just spoke the world into existence. Then, how does this infinite God display his infinite power and glory to us than by doing those things that blow our minds? Right? So the miracles of the Bible, things like the virgin birth, it's not a problem for our faith, right? It's not something that we've got to come up with a solution for. No, it's us saying we serve a God who is all-powerful and we are not. The virgin birth is not a problem for my faith. It's the proof of it. For me, it is the proof that God is sovereign, that He is great, that He rules all things, and that He has power over everything. And I trust that, and I thank God for it. It is not a problem. It is proof of God's omnipotence. So Mary says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. She didn't have any idea how it could happen either. Just like people today don't have any idea how it can happen. Yet, here it is in Scripture with God's sovereignty on display. I want to encourage you, dear ones. When you come upon those miracles of the Bible, when you come upon things like this, don't run from the mystery Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Mark it as a powerful display of God's omnipotence and of God's greatness. So Mary says, I I don't get it. And the angel said, Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of God is going to overshadow you. And the child to be born is going to be called holy. The son of God. And Mary, just for encouragement, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her Yeah, Mary, she's old. And yeah, Zachariah is old. And yet I'm the same, God says, yesterday, today, and forever. What is the angel doing? When Mary expresses her doubt, the angel simply points her to the power of God. That's what he does. I mean, look at verse 37. Some of you need to memorize this verse. We have families in our church that need to memorize this verse. For nothing will be impossible with God. God is able to do all the things that He said He would do. It was true for Mary 2,000 years ago and it is true for us today. The angel told Mary that she would have a baby without a man. Impossible. That God was going to come to the earth as a human being, as a baby. Uh, uh, uh. Impossible. Church, nothing is impossible with God. Those words were God's words to Mary. And I want to say to some of you today that may be dealing with some difficult things in your life. Those words weren't just given to Mary. They're planted right here in the birth narrative in sacred scripture for you and me as a constant reminder that nothing is too great for God. Our God is the God of the impossible. I mean, who would want We talked about this as a staff this week in our staff meeting. Who would want a God of the possible? I mean, I can do things. My wife may not admit it, but it's true. Some of you today, there are families in our fellowship are facing What many would say is an impossibility. And I would simply invite you to invite God into your impossibility. Because nothing is impossible with God. How do we know that? At one time... All of us as Christ's followers were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were by nature the children of wrath. We were following the prince and the power of the air. But God, who is rich in mercy, even Ephesians 2 says, when we were dead in our sins, he has made us alive. At one time, right, you wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Now you can't imagine a day without his presence in your life. At one time you feared death, but now Christ has transformed your fears into hope. Church, let's celebrate these impossibilities today that we have been transferred from death to life. That Christ is not absent from us, he is present with us. That our fear has been turned to hope. Let our response be like that of Mary, right? When God comes and says in the midst of the impossibilities of our lives, we should respond the exact same way Mary responded. And what did Mary say? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now let me just say this today. If you are considering trusting Christ, if you're here this morning and you're not certain if you died today you'd go to heaven, or maybe you're wondering whether or not there's truly anything redemptive in the gospel. Here is what you need to know. Everything God said is true. Everything God said is true. Jesus is God's son. Jesus came into the world to die for you. Jesus did die for you, Jesus did rise from the dead. Jesus did ascend to heaven. And Jesus has a kingdom, and He is building His kingdom through His people all around the world. And one day soon, Jesus Christ is going to return again and reign on the earth. And that reign and that kingdom will have no end. And you can be a part of it. By simply turning from all known sin and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. By turning from all known sin and simply saying, Jesus, reign in me. Cleanse my heart. Reign in me. And give me eternal life. Oh, dear people. You will make that your heart's cry today. I promise you, based on the authority of the word of God, every person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can experience the divine favor of God on your life. Just like Mary did. And to all my brothers and sisters today, facing life Let us remember during this holiday season what matters. Let us not forget in the midst of the busyness and in the midst of all of the celebrations and in the midst of the focus on material things, let us remember what really matters. Some of you may recall an interview that Billy Graham gave with David Frost several years ago. Billy Graham was asked by David Frost about what mattered. And this is what Billy Graham said. I want you to listen to this. I hope that the last word... I utter before I die would be simply this Jesus 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 Church do not forget why Jesus came. Do not forget why He died. Do not forget that He rose from the dead. Do not forget that He is building a kingdom one heart at a time. Be a lighthouse for the kingdom of God. Be an extension of the kingdom of God on the earth because we know, man, This is not all there is. Jesus is building a kingdom and he has invited us to be a part of it. And so what greater name could we honor and celebrate today than the name that a God of the impossible has given to us to recite? Jesus. Jesus, say it with me.